In a world where 80% of web application breaches are caused by compromised credentials, it's clear that passwords need to be replaced with more effective security methods. Passwordless authentication methods offer a faster, more secure, and hassle-free way to protect our digital lives. Imagine no longer having to remember complex passwords or worry about them falling into the wrong hands. It's a game changer for individuals and organizations alike. I'm Wyatt Cash on behalf of FedScoop, and here to talk about some of these advances and highlight some of the use cases is Sean Frazier, Federal Chief Security Officer at Okta. Sean, thanks for joining us, and welcome back to the program. Thanks, Wyatt. Always good to be with you. So I'd like to start by asking, how has the use of multi-factor authentication, or MFA, evolved, and how does Okta's Secure Sign-In Trends Report provide some some new insights for our listeners into the state of secure sign-in practices? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. If you look at kind of the, the reason that multi-factor authentication exists, and, and it really has been almost recent that, that this has been a big focus. If you think of the history of passwords, passwords have been around since the 1960s. So over 60 years, we've been dealing with passwords. Then over the last 10 or 15 years, we've really struggled with kind of attackers and adversaries taking advantage of, of weak credentials and access to credentials. And if you think of what ha- has happened over the last 10 or 15 years, it's the fact that we've been modernizing, we connected to the internet, all of our, we moved all things into the cloud. So all that modernization and digital transformation has really kind of uh, uh, acutely uh, affected the way that, that people have access to, to these credentials and attackers have access to these credentials. So the last handful of years, we've seen a market uh, kind of improvement in using multi-factor authentication to kind of augment security to, to make it so it's, the password is not the only thing that the attacker has to get to get access to your, to your data. And we saw the trend, the report kind of shows a trend, which is actually kind of, you know, we've seen this kind of happen, we kind of intrinsically felt this, but, you know, prior to the pandemic, it was a slow, steady uptick of multi-factor authentication. And then when the pandemic hit, it was a market faster increase in multi-factor authentication because everyone was working from home, everyone was teleworking. So everyone had, you know, access to their data remotely, as well as the attackers. So businesses kind of looked at that and said, yeah, we need this kind of compensating control for passwords. And that's where we're going to be doing multi-factor authentication. Well, um, talk about what are what other key findings of the report um, did you see regarding the actual adoption of MFA that um, agencies and businesses should pay attention to? So we've seen MFA adoption accelerate over the last couple of years, as I just talked about. So that's been an important trend. We've also seen that, you know, one of the things that comes along with that naturally is that people kind of look at the, what is the end user experience of multi-factor authentication? And in a lot of cases, it's not great because what you're doing is you're forcing the user to do yet another thing to log in. So there's been a little bit of user friction. So because of that, we've also seen the acceleration to using passwordless techniques. So that way you kind of get the best of both worlds where you get the stronger security and and access management, but you also get the better user experience. So it's almost like we've seen acceleration of MFA requirement for the connected world we live in. And we've also seen because MFA has been accelerated, we've seen user friction, which has also accelerated passwordless, which is actually kind of cool. Well, let's talk practicals for a minute. What steps should organizations take to improve their overall security posture and ensure uh, sign-in practices across their systems? Oh, I think a lot of those, especially if we kind of think about the world that I live in with public sector, a lot of the guidance has been kind of pointing us in that direction. So if you look at kind of the cyber cybersecurity strategy, the five pillars of cybersecurity strategy, the, the protecting assets and information 
uh, talks a lot about this. If you look at OMB guidance and M2209, it talks a lot about this. But some of the guidance is, you know, moving to a centralized single sign-on capability, so getting all your applications behind a secure um, authentication uh, system, um, utilizing strong phishing-resistant multi-factor authentication, and that can come in in a couple different forms. It can come in in the form of a built-in platform authenticator. So a lot of times you kind of get it with the, the, the technology you buy, so whether it be a MacBook or whether it be an iPhone, a lot of these technologies are kind of built in. And you can also get it with what I consider legacy technology. So you can also wire in kind of your, your common access card or your PIV card into this, into this equation as well. But, but again, kind of, you know, bringing that into kind of the modern signal sign on world. So you can, you can kind of bridge the gap between some of the legacy things and some of the modern things that are coming out. And can you share some success stories or case studies of organizations that have effectively implemented uh, secure sign-in practices? And which sign-in methods uh, have you seen are offering the sort of highest phishing resistance and also, you know, provide the fastest and most reliable user experience? Yeah, the most successful organizations that I've seen have been the ones that have kind of embraced the journey. And what I mean by that is embraced the journey between the legacy world they're living in with the PIV card and the smart cards that we've had for the last 20 years and marrying that up to what's coming out from the platform providers. So phishing-resistant uh, FIDO authenticators, for example. So if you look at past keys, um, being able to kind of have a technology that kind of sits in the middle that, that ends up being the glue between those, those two capabilities is key. And then looking at your applications holistically and saying, okay, where, where are my high value targets? Where are my mid value targets? Where are my low value targets? And making sure you're going from, from left to right and making sure all those applications are behind that secure single sign-on capability. And, and I think that's one of the things that most organizations have really done a good job over the last 18 months of doing is, is really looking at their applications holistically and building them into this centralized identity model. And then lastly, do you foresee where finally reaching a threshold, if you will, for a more widespread shift towards passwordless authentication approach in the future. And what factors might influence this transition? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling it. So over the last 12 months, I've seen really kind of felt this and seen this accelerate uh, again, along the lines of providing those strong phishing resistant factors, um, the, the platform providers, so Apple, Google, Microsoft, so the world building this in, into the platforms that they're providing. Um, there's been a big push for that. And we've seen that come from, from industry. We've seen that come from government. We've seen a lot of organizations kind of taking stock and figuring out, okay, well, what's the, what's the next leg of this journey? We've had the, the smart cards for the last 20 years. What, are the, what does the next 20 years look like? And I've seen a, a rapid acceleration of that. And the good news for that is, is that we're seeing very strong user adoption because we're removing a lot of friction. So users are getting a much better user experience and they're getting much better security in the bargain. And as security practitioners, we don't always get to say that. That's a great point, because uh, user experience has always been one of the uh, kind of uh, roadblocks, if you will, to implementing some of these things. And if this really helps not only make them more secure, but improves the user experience, that's uh, that's a win-win for everybody. Absolutely. Well, agree more. Well, Sean Frazier, thank you, as always, for joining us and sharing some of your insights and some of this fresh information about the uh, uh, Okta Secure Sign-In Trends Report that we've mentioned, and we'll have a link to that in our show notes. So thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Always great to chat with you.